0: Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening in with the Mean Green Money podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, here with my guest today. We have a very special guest today, and we're going to be talking about COVID-19 tips, tricks, and facts that you need to know, um, as well as resources that are available to you and uh, we're gonna do some myth busting as well. I think that'll be real helpful. Can my guests
1: introduce themselves? Yes, my name is Tas Kuchera and I'm the Certified Health Education Specialist at the Meadow Center at the University of North Texas. All right,
0: and she's gonna be helping me kind of get you guys informed, keep you guys uh, posted on things that are happening recently, and let's just get right into the content. All right, so the first thing that I wanted to kind of uh, address was a lot of the myths and uh, kind of the facts behind them or the facts kind of dispelling them. Yes. And I thought they were really interesting because whenever I'm on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, I'm just flooded with information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm honestly flooded with information. And I think that um, the the information that's provided by uh, the WHO um, or the World Health Organization, for those of you who don't know, actually, um, they directly... Uh, basically directly combat those myths and give them um a little bit more context so uh the first one that i saw i'm kind of gonna like bust them out and if you see any or hear any that kind of stand out to you definitely just like hey uh i have something to say about that (laughs) (laughs) but um the first one will be COVID 19 can be transmitted in areas with hot and humid climates so that's semi-true COVID 19 can be transmitted in all climates And cold weather, the next one is cold weather cannot kill the new virus. That is false. The human body is always 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.5 Celsius degrees. And it's always that way, all the time, uh, unless you're sick, of course. And your body thus makes the perfect environment for the virus, despite external temperatures and climates.
1: Yeah, a lot of those beliefs came around when people were hoping that maybe it wouldn't reach certain parts of the world or that the virus would kind of slowly go away once the season's change. Yeah. Um, but what we're finding is that the outside temperature is not having an effect on the virus.
0: Yeah, and that's the part. Like, even when I was, like, uh, scrolling through Twitter and I saw that information, I was like, oh, great, uh, like a saving grace. This will be perfect. Uh, the, the hot weather will just get rid of it. That is, unfortunately, not the case. Um, the next one is... Taking a hot bath will not prevent uh, will prevent the new coronavirus. So just like with um, just like with uh, the cold weather and things like that, external temperatures and climates does not influence uh, the virus.
1: Yeah, definitely. So in terms of a hot bath, it's great for self care, which <laughs> yeah. is especially important during this time. Um, but it's not going to prevent the spread of the virus.
0: Yeah. And so the next one that I saw here was transmission through mosquito bites which is something I've not heard before but I guess is a problem since the WHO had to address it and what they said about it was that it is unproven meaning that it's not false it's not true it's just up in the air at this point um it says that there is no evidence to prove or disprove that and COVID-19 is transmitted through droplets generated when a person coughs or sneezes and those droplets have hang time um or in other words, they can remain in the air for quite a while, and that is the only, not the only way, but one of the main ways that the virus is transmitted.
1: Yes, I think oftentimes when infections occur, people will think of mosquitoes because they Mm -hmm. are vectors for other types of diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this case, we don't have any evidence that um, you can transmit the virus through a mosquito. Mm -hmm
0: and the next one was do vaccines against pneumonia protect you against the virus we were actually talking about this um with one of my coworkers this morning and um because my mom she has asthma and so we were trying to think of ways that could kind of help her if she were to um contract the virus and one of the things that a lot of people were saying was um if you do have asthma to get a pneumonia vaccine to kind of help combat uh, the side effects or the
1: symptoms of COVID-19. And what's your take on that? So my main understanding is there is um, no vaccine for COVID at this time or (laughs) COVID-19. And then uh, people have been talking about, well, will a flu shot help or will other um, medicines help? And we really don't have any evidence that they do help at this time. Um, The main ways to prevent the spread of the virus is really going to be washing your hands um, and making sure that you're taking proper precaution when you're around sick people, um, doing social distancing, and um, if you are sick yourself, staying at home.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the things that I didn't know that was a thing uh, that people were um, speculating, but apparently, yeah. Um, The next one was Does that This one is actually one of the more popular ones. Does the new coronavirus just affect older people? And what the WHO said is they denounced it. False. People of all ages can be infected, and the elderly and those with pre-existing conditions like asthma, diabetes, and heart disease are more vulnerable to becoming sick, but anyone can be infected and thus spread it.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I think the perception early on was that it was just something that was going to affect or impact people who are over 65, Um, but we are finding that it's very important for everyone to be careful um, because not only can a young person get the infection um, and have serious consequences from it, but that also they can spread it to someone else who is high risk.
0: Um, The the other thing that was kind of speculated was are antibiotics effective in preventing and treating COVID-19, which I think harks back to what you were saying earlier about there being no formal treatment for COVID-19, but more so for the symptoms revolving around it. And, of course, the WHO uh, basically said false. This only works on bacteria. Um, Antibiotics only works on bacteria.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a really important point. At this time, where we're at, um, we don't have evidence that Different drugs like antibiotics or malaria medicine can help during this. Now, uh, as they do more research and clinical trials, they might find that certain medicines can help to either prevent the spread or to help with the symptoms. But at this time, um, there there is no evidence um, that can support that an antibiotic or a malaria medicine or a flu shot is going to make a difference. Um, and as you said, the antibiotics are going to be for bacterial infections, not for a viral infection.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, And also, just for um, um, clarification's sake, can you explain what the difference between a bacterial infection and a viral infection is?
1: Yeah, so um, it's pretty easy to think about if you think about antibiotics has a B in it, Mm -hmm. um, and bacteria starts with a B. So that's going to be when a bacteria... Um, gets into your system and causes an infection Mm -hmm. versus a viral infection is going to be when a virus comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, So they just, they have different pathologies and they affect the body in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk a lot about, a lot about this in uh, sexually transmitted infections, Mm -hmm. how bacterial infections can be treated with antibiotics and you can be cured in a sense. But when it comes to viral infections, that virus is going to stay in your body, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can definitely manage the symptoms. Thank you for that. Okay,
0: so the next one, which is a big one for me, um, because there's been a lot of rumors going around about this one speculation, which is um, if you are of a certain race or ethnicity, you are immune slash more vulnerable. And so, of course, the WHO said this is a big false, a big no-no. So race is um, not responsible and no race is immune. So that's it. It is a zoonotic disease that is transmitted from animal um, to human once it mutates. So that's it. That's where it comes from. <laughs> that That's where it comes from. And when it comes to curing it or finding out um, who's susceptible and who isn't, that comes with time. And of course, like you said, clinical trials and things like that. The next question is, you can protect yourself by gargling bleach or by using essential oils, which apparently is a thing I... I am sorry for those of you who this is common sense, but just to put it out there, do not gargle bleach. I I, I can't believe I have to say that. Don't gargle bleach. (laughs) Please don't gargle bleach. Um, The next one is a virus was released slash created deliberately by people. So, of course, my my tinfoil hat king and queens out there, the answer to that is a resounding no. (laughs) This is false. Viruses change and transfer all the time. This is nothing new. And the only thing new is the strand of virus that we're dealing with right now. Sorry to disappoint. (laughs) Um, The next one is, a face mask will protect me. So that has been proven to be circumstantial. That is semi-true. Only a n N95 professional mask can protect you. And these are usually reserved for medical professionals. So they won't get infected as they treat you. So don't hoard them all. But an N95 mask is the one that would protect. And a regular mask like you see on the street that just has the two little straps on it, that will not do very much to protect you.
1: Yeah, oftentimes they'll recommend if someone is sick, um, either with the flu or or with COVID-19 at this time, um, obviously if they have COVID-19, they should be um, in isolation. But the person who's sick could wear um like the common mask that you would see. And that might help to decrease the spread of droplets. But um if someone's healthy, they really shouldn't be wearing a regular mask. Um and actually studies have found that when someone is wearing just like one of the regular masks, uh they often touch their face more um and that can lead to an increased risk of becoming infected with some sort of virus.
0: Mm. I didn't know that before. Hmm. What is it because you're kinda like
1: it's just because there's something on your face and you kind of adjusting it mm. and um, having, you know, your hands aren't necessarily going to be clean and then that's going near your face. Um, and uh, we know that the mouth is one of the areas where viruses really get into. Oh,
0: okay. Hmm. The... Next one is COVID-19 is comparable to the flu. This one has been denounced as false. There are some symptoms that the flu and COVID-19 have in common, but in terms of impact, they are different. So the flu has never caused like a, you know, uh, all this disruption, you know what I mean? So there is a stark difference at both, um, cultural impact and economical impact, as well as um, biological impact and how it impacts the human body.
1: Yeah, um, and I know a lot of people like to compare uh, either the infection rates or the death rates with the flu versus COVID-19, but one thing you have to remember is we um, don't know how long COVID-19 is going to be around, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's not really numbers that you can compare at this time. Mm
0: -hmm. That's actually a really good point. Um, the next one is social distancing doesn't apply to young, healthier Americans. It only applies to the vulnerable or elderly. And so, of course, no. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> I know you paid a bunch of money to go to a certain thing or I know you've been looking forward to going to a certain event. But um, the best way to combat this is to practice social distancing and Of course, although it's a statistical fact that younger, healthier people are less likely to uh, succumb uh, to fatality, you know, as a result of this disease, everyone can be infected and therefore eventually infecting someone who is more susceptible to it. And it is just a rudimentary uh, show of herd immunity to practice social distancing. And where it's more about the vulnerable collective than it is about the healthy individual. And no, it's not being blown out of proportion. In fact, slow reaction times is what has crippled countries like Italy. So taking this as seriously as possible and practicing social distancing is very much recommended by the CDC and the WHO.
1: Yeah, and just remember when we're talking about social distancing, we're talking about staying at least six feet away um, from other people and that doesn't necessarily mean that you can have all your friends over and when you're watching TV you're sitting six feet apart. Um, by bringing in those other people you're infecting your household and your area so it's really staying with those who live in your unit and then when you are out in public whether it's like the grocery store or if you have to go to the pharmacy that's when you um, stand six feet away.
0: The next one is the problem will go away once we have a vaccine. So this is actually uh, false, as far as we know. Dr. Fauci, which is the leading expert on infectious diseases, estimates that a vaccine won't be available until uh, 12 to 18 months. And so it won't curb the current threat, but it would save us from a second round in 2021. And so the last and final one that has gone fairly viral is, (laughs) no pun intended, is hold your breath to check if you have the um, if you have the COVID-19 virus and drink water to prevent COVID-19. So this is false. And this article is that it was claimed to be from Stanford has been thoroughly de- uh, debunked several times over. Um, if you need to check any articles that you happen upon on social media or any other type of outlet or platform, I would suggest going to factcheck.com. They're a very good source when it comes to um, regulating what information goes, um, goes unchecked and basically, uh, making sure that the information that you're getting is viable and is, uh, reliable. <clears throat> so here's another fact for you guys, more of an opinion, but fact, <laughs> misinformation is more dangerous than a virus. So stay informed by consistently fact checking and making sure that you're, um, referring, uh, you, Referring to uh, information sources that are accredited like WHO and the CDC.
1: Yeah, at this point in time, as a health educator, um, I'm definitely directing my staff to really only be looking at HWO and um, the CDC. Because uh, those two sources, both the World Health Organization and the um, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, have the most up-to-date, accurate, and reliable information.
0: And the next portion of it was questions that I actually had for you, a lot of mm-hmm. them that we covered uh, here, but they're going to be geared more towards um, the uh, health and wellness center and what mm-hmm. you guys provide in terms of services. Yeah. So uh, first things first is um, when it comes to caring for someone, a uh, student, like a student, mm-hmm. when it comes to caring for some, someone who has the underlying um, symptoms, But cannot be officially tested or um, the doctor recommends for their safety against being um, officially tested. What do you suggest?
1: Yeah, so things are changing every day. Um, Just in the past few days, the United States has increased testing a lot. Um, they've also lowered the standards for getting tested mm-hmm. so I do believe that more people will now be able to get tested. Okay, um, so that is good. If you or someone that you live with is showing symptoms of COVID-19, the first thing you're gonna want to do is um, call a health care provider and ask what you should do. They don't want you just showing up because then you could risk infecting others um, and but let them know what's going on, your temperature, how you're feeling, um, and then they'll be able to help direct you. They'll most likely either try to connect you with the um, health department in the community and try to figure out if you should get tested or if you should um, just self quarantine yourself um, and uh, stay away from anyone and risk exposing others. Now, if someone um, has a condition like asthma and that condition is getting out of control and their inhaler isn't managing, Um, their asthma symptoms, then that's going to be something that you're definitely going to want to reach out to a healthcare professional about and let them know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's best if someone can stay home to stay home um, and try to manage the symptoms, but like I said, if it's something that starts to seem life-threatening or something that can't be controlled at home, then most likely the healthcare provider will tell them to come in and um, get treatment there.
0: Okay, because that's something that I, I've been going through um, personally. Because my mother, she, we're. With her um, healthcare provider, she talked to her healthcare provider, of course, she called him over the phone, and she was asking, um, what should she do, and talking about the symptoms she was feeling like you were saying earlier, Um, and the doctor's like, I am very certain that this is the flu, but we're going to keep an eye on it, uh, just to make sure that it doesn't escalate, or that um, you don't need to come in for testing, things like that. So that's actually really good information. I'm going to take it back with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, the next thing is, what services does the Health and Wellness Center? to provide for students um, that may come in handy during this time?
1: Yeah, so um, that has all changed a lot in the last 24 hours. Um, for example, I work at the Meadow Center for Health Resources, and we normally provide the condom club um, where students can get safer sex kits as well as health consultations done by me, um, but we are moving towards working remotely. Um, but in terms of healthcare uh, services, The Student Health and Wellness Center is open. Um, They have reduced their hours slightly, but they are still open during working hours. Um, If students do have symptoms, uh, they are asked to call ahead. There is a mobile check-in process where they can scan a code, and then I believe they'll be asked to go wait in their car, and then they'll be called in when it's time for them to come up and be seen by a healthcare professional, one of the doctors um, on campus. So that's the main way that we're working with students right now. I know that they only want to see students with acute illnesses. um, So if someone needs a prescription refill, they would prefer you to call in. um, Or if it's something more routine that can be pushed back or be done over the phone, they would prefer that as well. Mm -hmm. um, Because they definitely want to uh, limit the amount of students who are here, especially if it's for a reason that is not related to COVID-19 okay
0: and th- with the waiting in your car thing that's mm-hmm. actually pretty clever uh is that something that y'all have done before or is that completely new
1: um that's completely new I know other organizations are doing it um and it's just a great way to not have students who could be infected sitting in the waiting room mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. um and it allows to keep that social distancing um and it allows for the Healthcare provider to kind of get prepared for the student as well because they do need um, certain equipment on when they do see a student uh, who might be infected with COVID 19.
0: Alrighty. Um, the next thing, because a lot of this we covered um, earlier, but um, the next thing that I wanted to um, ask was is there any tips or words of advice that you'd give to students who are worried during this time?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I would recommend trying to limit your uh, news intake and your social media intake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it can be really easy to just sit on your phone and kind of take everything in. Um, I would recommend setting aside times to specifically look at the CDC, the World Health Organization, and then maybe a news channel that you trust. Um, Another tip that I would recommend is washing your hands regularly, using hand sanitizer, um, trying to stay indoors. I do believe Denton County, as of tonight at midnight, Mm -hmm. is doing a shelter in place. So therefore, they're really going to want everyone who's still in the Denton County area to um, remain home unless they are going to a job that they are essential at or they need to go to a grocery store or something like that. Um, I know Dallas County has already put this in place a few days ago, and I think um, many of the larger areas in the United States are moving towards this. Mm -hmm. So even if you're no longer in Denton County, um, your area might be moving towards this as well. So just being educated on what you're supposed to be doing, where you're allowed to go, um, and staying connected with friends and family Um, you might not be able to see them in person and that's actually something that you want to avoid at this point, Mm -hmm. but, um, there are online chats, um, you know, you can always call on the phone and, um, just try to find ways to stay connected with your community in healthy ways that aren't going to stress you out even more. Um, so maybe scheduling a call with a parent or a relative every day at a certain time and kind of keeping that routine, um, I think is really important and um just eating healthy trying to exercise whether that's in your apartment or if you are able to go outside um you know staying being in self-quarantine does not mean being stuck inside mm-hmm. you feel free to go outside um but you want to just keep your distance from people and um you know stay pretty close to home
0: that's that's really good advice and it's definitely soothing and calming uh, as a student um since we're basically about done is there anything else that you'd like to add before we uh sign off
1: um so i guess the last thing i would like to leave everyone with is that if you do have any other questions about covid19 or health resources at the university of north texas feel free to email me at test t-e-s-s dot kuchera k-u-c-e-r-a at unt.edu i look forward to hearing from you
0: Alrighty, Thank you so much. All right. So that was once again, Tess talking to us about some tips, tricks and helping us kind of uh, bust up some myths. <laughs> and thank you for being here. Thank you so yeah, much for thanks. coming here. Um, so remember, you guys, y'all can reach us at money.management at unt.edu or at 940-369-7761 for any questions, money related and beyond. And we'll catch you next time.